This is Cassandra Harris Lockwood, and this is the hot seat.
just having your feet on the ground, you know, with, with all uh-huh. that, with all that life around you, with your spirits, right? Before you get into that, let's go to commercial break, and you come back, and you can leave with that, okay? Sure. All right, we'll be right back, folks. Hi, folks. I'm back with Pete Bianco on the line. He's just about to talk to us about the racism workshop that was conducted at his farm, Old Path Farm, by Patrick Johnson yesterday. How did it go? Uh, How did it go, Pete? Well, uh... How many people were there, do you know? Um, I think it was about, um, from what I saw, it was about 12 people or so. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, oh, what I, but, so I saw Patrick earlier in the day here at this farm, and then I saw him later in the day at Linwood. Oh, he stopped by at Linwood Place? Yes. Oh, good. What, and, and what I was saying to him is that I, I can feel that that similar vibe that you I tell you, it's like an oasis. And I've had people come in who, you know, been all knotted up inside and maybe even out of, you know, out of, of, of prison or jail or whatever, you know, in, in some sort of incarcerated state. And they say, I, I can't believe how great I feel out here. Especially when, you, you know, we have some little wild sections, you know, right? It, it's, it is. It's, a, it's like transporting you to another Another space and time. Grateful for it. There was a professor who gave a talk at Hamilton College a long time ago about these 15th century um, texts about uh, using herbs for health. Yes. September 29th in the garden. Uh, you know, what, uh, Tuesdays are our garden days. And, are you um, going to sing garden party? Well, <laughs> I forgot about that song. Well, Joanne Shenandoah is going to sing something. She can sing whatever she wants. Wow. You cool. have a, a Grammy Award winning artist, you know, singer songwriter. They get to sing whatever they want. And um, awesome. I might do a tune or two. We'll see. But it should, you know, listen to live music. Well, they didn't have anything but live music back in the 1100s or 14, whatever you said. What was right. it? 1400s? What was it? Uh, I believe it was 15. 1500s, okay. 1500s. Yeah, they didn't have anything but live music, so. Right. It was from an old book, and the book was hand-painted, and and so she was saying at that time these uh, wealthy individuals would have people hand-make these books for them about health and things like that, and that was was the content. That That was the prescription, huh? Well, you know, um, one of the things we're planning on doing is having a drumming circle. Ooh, that's awesome. 
Yep. And, you know, and it's, it's really cool because, you know, black folks drum and Native American folks drum and Asian people drum and white folks drum. Everybody kind of has a drumming reference, you know. And right. to be able to do it together in, uh, in, in socially distance and, um, you know, be inclusive and get your, get your garden on, you know. Yep, yep. I, I remember marching around your space. It was very nice. Your, your garden was very beautiful out there. Thank you. Especially the big production part. But so what else, Pete? What else you got? Well, um, there's a story I put up recently about somebody who uh, they traveled from out of state. They came back here on an airplane, and uh, they were told to do the quarantine thing, and they were doing the quarantine thing. And then they got a letter from the United County Health Department Okay, and they had stayed put. I'm sorry, what did you say? Th- they had stayed put when they came back. Right, they they followed the recommendations, but regardless, they got this letter that was saying that they'd been in contact with someone, which was not the case. Huh. So, so they contacted uh, the county health department, and um, you know they were concerned because they didn't want a document that was making these false claims right. about. sounds like they kind of got cross messages. You know, they probably had an alert. You're right. They got the wrong letter. They got right. the wrong letter. So, so it seems like that there's probably a bunch of form letters and, and somebody attached the wrong one. Well, I, you know, I was uh, actually emailing back and forth with someone who was out of state and came back and, you know, they have to quarantine for the, you know, for the two weeks or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is, but... I tell you, you know, it's uh, just talking to Rich Davis yesterday and, uh, you know, what he's going through just coming back from coronavirus. It's, it's um, you know, upsetting. Even even people who get it and get over it, you know, you're, you're, you test negative, you know, when you're over the, the, the crisis. And it's still a long haul. You know, for, for some people, it's still a long haul. And I, I remember... You know, feeling like th- it was still kind of lingering, creeping on me. And frankly, um, you know, hearing, you know, I'm, I'm past the three-month, uh, you know, immunity, supposed immunity uh, point. And, geez, you know, you get nervous. <laughs> you know, I don't want, you know, I don't want to have to go through that again and, you know, 
going to a lockdown and that whole thing. So, yeah, right. it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, lurking. It's a, it, you know, it's lurking over us right now. But you, go ahead. Have you heard that there was um, some uh, studies about that perhaps the immunity exists in cells and not in the uh, regular type of antibody? No, I hadn't. But you know, I was thinking about that whole antibody thing and about the blood plasma, right? Right. And as much as I know about blood, and I'm no expert, but I know that if somebody's an A, if if, if somebody's an O, you can't give them B blood, and if you can't, if they're you know an A, you don't want to give them you know A B blood, you know. That I was wondering, are they specializing the plasma? Are they, I would think they'd almost have to, unless it has no marker, unless the antibodies have no marker, no no blood type marker on them. They make every distinction. You know, they type your blood if you come in and and need some. So I, I would think that that would be, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. And I, you know, I was almost going to call you and ask you if you had heard anything about it. But what did you hear about the T cells? Because I don't think T cells have markers for blood types. I think they're just T cells because they're part of your regeneration. Right. All that I heard about it, um, all that I remember about it, I should say, is that uh, the article... Cells, right? They're they're right. the attack dogs. Right. So I said, I think there's just uh, there's a lot of different information out there, and uh, some of it gets uh, more traction than others. And it's it's a new it's a new disease. You know, they're finding out. I, I I believe that one of the reasons why the death rates are lower now is because they've actually refined their their treatment because Rich, what did Rich say? Rich said he got resvedadir, or however you say it, and what else? he got something. He got, I think he got uh, he probably was listening. He could text me and tell me. I think he got um, the um, um, he got resvedadir and the plasma. I think he, he, I think he got the, um, you know, the anab- not the antibodies. The what is it in, in, in the uh, in the plasma? But anyway, uh, it, it, and I and I asked him, did he feel, did he feel significantly better or different once he got it? You know. Right. What did he say? I, I, I basically he said he was too out of it, but he got better. But did you, you know, did you hear that, um, oh, what's his name, um, Kloppenstein, Ron Kloppenstein is interviewing all these people that have had it and, and seeing what their their stories what's are. Ron Kloppenstein? He's, he's a guest from here from time to time, uh, and he's a journalist and a teacher and, uh, you know, a GLBT um, activist, 
and uh, you know, of, of an out gay man who's just got married to his the love of his life. But uh, he and he writes for the Clinton Record. Okay. Yeah. So I, okay. it's a series. He's doing a series there. What? Well, anyway. Yeah, it's surprising the you know the, the uh, extent of this whole thing. But I think they're getting better at you know at, at treating it. And you know, uh, I, I think you know the earlier they, they get these cases, the, the better they're doing it. No, and and on the hydrochloroquine, I, rem- I I recall them saying that really is more effective early on. You know, in treatment, right. but but they're not. But I, I guess they're not doing it now. They're doing some other stuff. They're doing another combination. So yeah, that's interesting. The um, hydroxychloroquine was uh, one of the remedies that was used in um, South Korea. They had a really low um, death toll, from what I remember. Well, they lock everything down there. It's not like you have to. You know, I mean, they. Well, that's the. Uh, um, but didn't they just have another spike? I don't know. I haven't looked at them in a while. I think I think they just had another spike. But but let's talk about what's going on here, uh, Pete, because that the um, the young man in Kenosha and the stuff that's going on in Kenosha is way over the top. Where's Kenosha? It's Wisconsin. It's where the the gentleman, the 29 oh. year old, was shot in oh. the back. Yeah, they're holding on to his T-shirt. Now, I, I, don't, I, I don't... I heard you and Rich talking about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, more's come to light. Because, because you know, uh, things blew up in, in uh, the city last night. And two people were killed, and a third one was gravely injured. And, and they, they, were, they were killed and injured by a white guy who was in a militia. 17-year-old who had come to do just that. You know, it, was, uh, it wasn't the Proud Boys. It was the Hullabaloo or whatever, they, Boogaloo. Boogaloo. They call themselves the Boogaloo. And they showed up, and the police opened the doors for them and said, have at it. Where, where was they showed up where? In Kenosha. What do you mean the police opened the door to what? There was a basically a standoff between the police and the demonstrators, and the police uh, serviced the the uh, Boogaloo guys, gave him water, and pointed him in the direction of the uh, of the wow. demonstrators. Yeah, yeah. And you know the major news didn't say anything about it this morning. They didn't. When, when, and they, but it was all over social media. I got. I got this from a, a, a call and a write-in from um, one of our former, actually current, uh, news guys that it was all over Facebook and, and other social media that this was the case, that, you know, they knew who this guy was, they had pictures of him, that he he did his due and flashed some sort of sign, and they let him walk away. Wow. Yeah, and, and this was... Excuse me. Like within an hour, it all went down. Like right after the the last of the Republican National Convention. Wow. So, you know, and, and this is like the ideal playbook for 
for uh, Donald Trump, you know, and he's calling for this kind of, all that dog whistle stuff, it's not a dog whistle anymore. It's go, you know, it's, it's sick him. It's sick him. There's just so much piled up between then and now, you know, and as you said, you know, because there's, there's all kinds of problems in, in, uh, in Wisconsin. There's all kinds of problems all across the United States. Colorado, you know, Colorado's a mess. You know, I, I, and I got a tip, tip my hat to the police officers today, you know. They did. They were uh, calm. They were... Uh, Quiet. They weren't aggressive. You know, the the one guy came up at the end and said, "You got to go. You know, you're not going where you think you're going. You're, you're taking me to the hospital. You got to go." You know, but um, you know, she was she she stayed calm. You know, pretty much she was complaining. You know, once they started um, handcuffing her, she said, "You're attacking me." You know, that sort of thing. But um, she needed help. She needed help, and and, and, and her, her it seems as though her home situation is not the best. But um, uh, hopefully they'll 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 work it out because there was a fellow from the rescue mission that said he knows who she is and knows her circumstance, and that you know she was definitely in distress. But uh, we have to break for commercial, so would you uh, hold on for me a little bit longer? All right, thanks. Yep. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. Hi. Activist and farmer and journalist Pete Bianco. You still there, Pete? Still here. All right. Is that an okay description of what you do? Sure. All right. Want to add anything to it? Herbalist. I should have had herbalist in there. Oh, very good. Right? Yeah. You're more familiar with my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what were we talking about when we went to the break? No, there was pickles was already. He, he's, he's got pickles on his mind. Dr. Dust wants some pickles. Oh, uh, Dr. Dust wants some pickles? <laughs> I think so. Time to drop a jar off. Um, I, uh, I think we're talking about how screwed up the nation is. Yeah. Um, well, how about uh, the herbs that are uh, ready to be collected now? What are you collecting?
I would be Googling this right now on my phone if, if you weren't on it. <laughs> We've got this new setup, and uh, I, I, I ran through it with Tony Falvo this morning, and I came up, and the, and the guys, you know, it's, it just wasn't, uh, well, you said you would call, and it, you know, clicked off. So, anyway, we, ha we have some work to do. All right, so you're collecting this couch grass? Yep, collect the roof, wash it up, chop it up, put it in a container, cover it with alcohol. someone who had, you know, gravels or couldn't move their urine, and uh, the response was, like a racehorse, I went. <laughs> nice. So, so, do you ever use parsley root like that? I have never used uh, parsley root, although we had uh, the parsley root that's specifically cultivated in, in gardening, where they've developed it to get a big root, like a, like a parsnip. Yeah. garden, and I figured I would um, sprinkle, because they're, they're seeded now, and I figured I would sprinkle the seeds around, because, you know, uh, parsley is so hard to get going. It takes so long to get going. And um, so what I, I'm thinking about doing, I, and I don't know if it's the first year of the, of the root or the second year of the root that you would collect for uh, medicinal purposes, but I can check on that. But um, I've got two sturdy ones. Oh, so generally speaking, when a plant is a biennial, you'll you'll collect the root after at the end of the first year or the beginning of the second year. So if you think of um, a carrot as a biennial, so it grows for the first year, and usually people harvest it and eat the root at that time. If you left it right. for a second year, it would then develop into a flower, at which time the root becomes. Woody and Woody. hollow, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what that's what um, uh, I have, so it's not going to work. But uh, yeah, the, 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 I, I should have a good crop of parsley though early next year. <laughs> I'll spread the seed. I would imagine that the seed would have a similar property um, ah. with doing uh, kidney stuff. But I would look it up first. But celery seed is used for gout. Chewing on it, or you have to. You can make a tea of it. Uh -huh. uh, you can make a tincture of it, or you can chew uh, it up. I guess. Interesting. I know that um, what I use for gout is a homeopath, very effective as phosphorus. Oh, interesting. It's very, it's very fast too. It's fast. It's like uh, you know, people have been hobbling around, and all of a sudden, wow, I feel better. You know, gotta go out and play golf. <laughs> that kind of thing. But yeah, those biennials, yeah, like like uh, burdock. You know, you you dig burdock the first year if you want the root. Right. Yep. 
where it turns into like a, a woody, stringy, tough thing. see the first burdock in my horse's mane, so I know there's more to come. Nice. <laughs> no, no, it's not nice. <laughs> but um, I call, some, call some herbalists over here and dig it up. Well, the problem is it's everywhere. So yeah, right? You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't get away from it. And my, my, my gelding um, had, uh, he had, uh, was head, kind of heading towards founder, and um, he had, uh, you know, the vet came, he was limping, she said, back him off the food and soak his foot, and, you know, anyway, we started pounding the comfrey. Steve was going out every morning and chopping lots of comfrey and feeding it to him, and he said, this morning, uh, this is the, 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 the horse's name is Glory, Glory got up, walked into the arena, rolled, got up, jumped up, bucked, and went galloping out the door, so I think wow. he's over it. Oh. Yeah. You know, nobody told him we were, what we were giving him, what was for, you know? Right. So it was, uh, there was, uh, you know, he didn't have any preconceived notions of what <laughs> right. you were doing. Right, right, right. But, yeah, so, my friend the Comfrey, you know? Yeah. So what else are you harvesting? What other, because, I, 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 you know, I'm thinking I should probably, you know, now that the flowers have died back, I should ha- harvest a bunch of, and harvest a bunch and dry a bunch of comfrey for the, you know, for the winter. Are you drying any herb or what? Yeah, so right now I have sage drying. Ah. Um, sage is used um, as a tincture for people with Alzheimer's. Uh, they gave it to people in a study in Tehran. Uh, they gave it to people with mild to moderate Alzheimer's. Yeah. Immediately, wasn't no, it? I don't. I think it was over. Uh, it was over a certain time period. I don't know if it was like maybe a month or something. But for them to see improvement is impressive because um, for many people, that's that's really a, a one-way uh, degenerating process. Right. No, no. Um, sage. You know, that's a distinctive name. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know what sages are. They're old people with wisdom, right? And so, uh, you would think that, given that name, it would have properties along those lines. Also, doesn't it reduce sexual appetite? Oh, yeah, I do think it is also an anaphrodisiac. An anaphrodisiac, is that what they call it? <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and I think that it, I think that it also um, dries up... Uh, you can use sage. And so, it's, 
interesting. Yeah, I, I you know, and, and stage is it's also an expectorant, right? So you use you use uh, Ella Campaign and Horhound for expectoration, yep. right? For expectorants. Yeah, because yep. my go-tos have always been the um, uh, Comfrey and Sage. Okay. Oh, that's great. Because Comfrey's good for the lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Comfrey's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Right. So that, that, that means that the plant is going to look like it's going to do. Uh, right, right. And it also helps you to uh, digest fat, and so that's why it gets put into oh, the meat dishes. Yeah. yeah. Lamb, pork, yeah. It help you digest those fats. Interesting, interesting. And is it, it's in a part of uh, uh, poultry seasoning, like turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Yeah, poultry. Can be fatty. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Also, the crossover on that is um, lemon balm too is helpful with uh, Alzheimer's, and those um, studies I've read on that were saying that it helps to reduce uh, agitation from people with the Alzheimer's. Yeah, but, you know, you gave me a tip, you know, because I've, you know, I've had, I've, I've had lemon balm growing around, uh, and I've never really used it a lot. But you know, I, outside my door, I have these herbs instead of weeds, you know. So, you know, it's it's one of those plants like mint that will kind of take over a, a, a section, so you're not you have to weed whack. Um, but that I, I didn't know if you cut it back that it will. Of reproduce the larger leaves again. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's really helpful. You can, you know, I've seen that happen with nettles too. You can have nettle that has gone to, uh, to flowering and seed, and you can mow it this time of year and you can get some fresh growth again. you got to show me nettle. I, I, I'm embarrassed I don't know nettle. I really don't. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> right. You see it in farmers, uh, you know, around, around the barns where the manure is. And I don't know. You know what we have that's crazy, and, and it comes down to the garden, too, is amaranth. Oh, yeah. You see, it so down, you see it down here in the community garden, right? I've learned that from the Nepalis here in Utica have taught me that that's a delicious uh, herb. Yep. Yep. But if you let it go, it gets to be like 10 feet tall. Yeah. But down here, they nip it and clip it and trim it, you know. I mean, we pull it out because it's, you know, so, you know, prolific all over the place. But there are a few plants that we leave because a lot of the Asians really, you know, enjoy it. It's just the top of leaves, though, right? Um, I will uh, clip it when it's maybe uh, a 
um, eight or nine inches tall. Uh -huh. so there'll be a bunch of leaves just before it starts forming that flower. That fuzzy flower. It's got a really furry flower. Well, yeah, I, you know, because I, I think they're letting they're letting some of them go to, you know, bring them to seed. So they'll have them. Right. They don't have to worry because <laughs> but there's plenty. Well, we don't. I don't think we're going to need any. We're not going to get any manure anytime real soon. We have to finish those beds down there. But um, how, how's the garden look to you? Good. Yeah, it was abundant. It was amazing. Yeah, lots of stuff going on there. And you had and the apple tree. Which apple tree? Uh, the apple tree in the Linwood Garden. Yeah, yeah, but like, the, there's a couple of apples. Uh, oh, there's so a couple I of apple trees. The, the gate that was uh, more towards Eagle and straight ahead there, there's an apple tree. Right, right. Yeah, Julie sits under it for shade in the in the uh, midday. Right. Nice. It is a it's a it's a weak, like weeping apple tree, right? Yeah, it's so that's good. The, the branches are all hanging down. That's something that. Uh, have that apple orchard in Clinton, right? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, have been, I went there the other day and took a look and they're starting to come. So there is right now, uh, Death Star is, is ripe and the other one is, um, Ginger Gold. Ginger Gold, okay. Do you have any macoons over there? some macoons over there because I remember getting those apples when the you know the, the previous owners were alive and you know putting their putting their products out. And what's the characteristic of that apple? Well, it's um it's a firm apple, um, but it's sweet. And it doesn't get mushy. You know how a Macintosh will get mushy? Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's got a little bit of a tougher. Uh, skin to it. Kind of pops when you bite it. It's How do you describe apples? You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but you know an apple when you like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them are um, hard, some of them are spicy. Right. Yeah. I guess if I had to sit down and bite an apple and describe it, compare it to the next one, I'd it. You know, just off the. That's right, or, you know, a game show. <laughs> Taste that apple. What is this apple? <laughs> I got some coffee the other day, and on the front of it, it says, tastes like blueberries, and this and that and the other, and I drank it, and I was like, tastes like soda. <laughs> tastes like coffee. <laughs> and then the back of the package has uh, different flavor profiles in the front. So I'm like, they don't know what to do. That's a whole lot of hooey, then. That's a whole lot yeah. of hooey. Well, listen, I'm sorry I missed you in the garden yesterday, but uh, uh, thank you so much for coming down and giving the, the kids and the community, a, a, you know, a taste of pickles, you know. I, how, long, no, how long do these pickles uh, have to rest before you they, can eat them? They should be ready to eat right now, so if you're out there listening.
car. How could it happen that fast? Uh, it's just a 24-hour pickle recipe. So okay. I guess in 24 hours, the garlic, the vinegar, and the water, and uh, dill all kind of uh, infused. Okay. All right. Well, good. So it was 24 hours, and we were making them when you guys were on the air. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to see if I can find somebody to share a little pickle with me. And Dr. Dust, too. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? We are uh, at the end of our time here, Pete. But, you know, we, we uh, if we do a station ID, um, we could go on. But uh, Dr. Dust has left the room. And um, so uh, maybe I'll see you over the weekend or something. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So hold on. And, and uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. And thanks for being on, Pete. Take oh, care. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye.